Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Here's What I'm Seeing, conversation from the front lines of life and leadership. The band's back together. It's the fall of 2022. We haven't put out an episode in a couple months. But Long that's time. what I love about this because we're like this Pick underground. Right back up. Yeah, we're this underground podcast. We, you don't know. We're so wild. <laughs> no, we don't. You never I, know. And I've got some new melodies to uh, pitch right. to you guys about uh, these songs we're going to do. That's right. I so love that. We had one idea of what we were going to talk about today. And let's just go ahead and just mention it real quick because, Jeff, you write an article every month for what's the name of the magazine again? Family Business Magazine. That's and right. it's, it's a quarterly. Um, publication. Okay, and is, yeah. Uh, yeah, you and I were talking about that this summer and so a reason to get the band back together. That's about right. One of those Wait, so let's put a link to that in the in the show notes cuz the last article you wrote was great. Very good. We'll put that in oh, there. Oh, it was excellent. Thank you. And we said that's what we were going to talk about. Right. But we pivoted. And then we changed. We went all 2020 and we <laughs> pivoted on people. And so um, we're actually going to talk about another resource today. We're going to talk about this thing called the Edge. Woo! Which is a book, right? Yes. It's a book that very exciting uh, coming out. David Morrison wrote, and so we're going to talk about one aspect of that today, uh, specifically on energy. So I appreciate you guys being willing to pivot. Oh my gosh, so this is that. so fun! It's so exciting. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about why you and David just what launched this. That's right. Idea. Yeah. So there's like there's a funny answer, <laughs> at least funny to me. The TED Talk, um, Tim Urban where he talked about uh, Inside the Mind of a Master Procrastinator, he said it had always been a dream of his to have done a TED Talk in the past, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because he wanted to be able to tell people, uh, yeah, oh yeah, I did a TED Talk once. He didn't want to go through the process of actually preparing and doing it. So David and I have always probably, not always, I think more for uh, maybe over the last couple of years, we're like, man, it'd be cool to write a book and just didn't know what we were want to write on. So there was some of that in us that was, mm-hmm. can we do it? Mm-hmm. Like a, a personal challenge. That's but awesome. You can't just, you know, write a book. Well, I guess you can nowadays. You can just write a book as you want to. Uh, it's been super easy to publish uh, nowadays. But a couple things we saw going on, uh, really some of it started with a coaching session uh, with a young CPA uh, who was a new manager and had a team. And this particular person was just realizing that some of the people on his team were not as engaged in their work as he was. And so we started to figure out, okay, how can you explain that to your team? How can you let them know, hey, I need some more commitment out of you, some more of this emotional commitment. So he and I actually started over breakfast at Cindy's, right? And nobody can see, but I'm pointing right mm-hmm. down the road because where we are Cindy's right delicatessen. Now. Yes. And so just started to create a list of what, what does it look like to show you're all in at work? And so that started this list of what does that look like? Because I've had this conversation with managers before. I'm mm-hmm. sure you all have experienced right. this as team leaders. You just got your team and then you just don't, there's just something like maybe a tinge of disappointment right. in them and just right. going, man, you're not like me. And so... And you're not doing the things that I want you to do. That's exactly it. Yep. And so I really wanted to go, okay, if can we provide some language for team leaders to use so that they can describe what it means to be all in. Because you can't just sit there in an annual review, Jeff, and just go, you know what? You need to be more like me, right? You just can't, you, I mean, I guess you could, but that would not be recommended <laughs> right. to be right. able to do that. And so uh, so that set us off on this journey of really just trying to research what does it take? Like, what, what do managers say mean when they say, I wish my team were more all in? Well, come to find out, this is really like employee engagement. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. This is really tr- what employee engagement is all about, is trying to... Uh, measure. Which is a term that has been widely described and sometimes overused, misunderstood. So I like the I like the way you and David are approaching it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that which is just going, hey, this is what it means to be engaged. This is emotional commitment. Um, and the emotional commitment is another way of saying you're all in. So not do you like your job and do you like your coworkers, but how committed are you to the organization and its goals and to your team? That's what engagement, when I read about engagement, I think that's what employee engagement is trying to measure uh, with all that. So we obviously know the, the engagement stats are super low right now and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, most of the articles and the things that are out there written about employee engagement right now are all geared towards the manager, which is basically saying manager do better, which is right and appropriate. Team leaders have a lot, uh, you know, a lot of responsibility and have a lot of sway over that employee engagement. But I think there's another, there's a flip side to this conversation. That flip Mm -hmm. side is, Hey, it's never been easier to stand out, right? Like right. the bar's pretty low. In this low. talent landscape, that I love that you guys are coming from the other direction, and you're giving tools to professionals and employees who who want to stand out. Yeah, because I, I mean, it, it's like okay, so right now in LinkedIn, everything, everybody's talking about quiet quitting and. Where is, I mean, the employee-employer relationship has always been tenuous. It's very tenuous right, right now, oh, right yeah. now, and so some people. And I, I think the temptation is to believe that's describing anybody under the age of 30 right now that's out there that's career-minded or, or at work. And I don't know what you all are seeing, but what I'm, I'm not seeing that every single employee under the age of 30 right now is a quiet quitter. I still see quite a few right. young emerging leaders that want to have a successful and rewarding career without selling their soul. Right. Absolutely, and, and I think that they're that? redefining purpose and meaning, which is good for older generation for sure. professionals to, to watch and not stereotype or misdiagnose their behaviors and their work attitudes. That's right, that's right. And I like it that you, y'all are talking to the employee, mm-hmm. to, the, to the young leader, and giving tools to how do I engage? Because one of the things I'm doing is meeting with some of the managers, and it's like, hey, there's a gap between you and your employees, and you have to figure out how to meet them where they are. And so it's really both sides of the coin. Yeah. It's you, the manager, and you, the young leader. And I love the edge is really about, hey, you as an employee, you, the young leader, these are some of the things you need to be doing. That's right. And then manager, hey, there's some things you need to be doing as well. You've got to close this gap between communication and clear with clarity and those All kinds that. of things. So, yeah, because you yeah. can only control what you can That's control, right. right? And so the employee, I mean, an employee really could be reading all of the employee engagement things that are out there telling managers to do better and just could sit there and cross their arms and just yes. go, yeah, manager, what you got for right. me, you know? Right. And listen, that's one way to handle it. But I think if there are just a few things you do, you would be amazed at how much more engaged you would be because the manager would be like, okay, that ambition is going to attract atten- you know, some attention. Right. And uh, there's just a few things. So we really wanted to try to make it simple, demystify what success looks like. And so that's where we came up with the acronym EDGE, which is energy, diligence, growth, and endurance. That if you can bring energy, be diligent towards your job, uh, have a growth mindset for yourself and the company mm-hmm. or the organization, yes. which I think is key. And then really to uh, like start to in- 
develop some of that endurance because your career path and just life in general is always going to throw you curveballs. You got to be able to bounce back from that. You start doing those four things, and I'm like, watch out, because I, I, right. I think there's going to be some things that are going to happen that will get your career moving in the right direction and really get you some attention that I think you want. Well, and I love the picture on the cover of this book is a very sharp pencil that's standing up and above these other pencils. And I love that because everything that you're saying is a standout in this, especially in this culture, because in this new culture post-2020, there is a very significant entitlement that people have that, hey, I get to determine whether or not I'm going to work from home or I'm going to work in the office. I get to determine this. My employee is really, you know, I'm the one that gets to say. And and this is really taking the other side and going, hey, how can you show up to the table yeah. and bring something and add value? Yeah, I'd like, to, kind of I'd like to add a nuance to that perspective about that entitlement. I do believe that there's some of that out there. I, I think that there's a dynamic tension going on between more traditional views of workforce and what's emerging. Some of the emerging views are very healthy, actually, which are going to call for work-life balance. They've seen their parent, their parents' generations, you know, no work-life balance and traveling and, you know, divorce rates and all these things. And so they're sort of watching these cultural trends happening. And that's why I think there's such a hunger for learning right now. Yeah. You know, coming through and out of a pandemic, I'm finding in my work with, with training and coaching leaders that people are more open to these fresh ideas. Yeah. Yeah, and what we wanted to do with it, and, and, I, and I think we accomplished it, and uh, obviously when the book comes out, um, it's out now, but uh, you know, th- those who read it will be the judge if we accomplished it or not. But one of the things we say is that we think this is how you can stand out without sucking up, selling out, or stabbing anybody in the back, mm, right? That's Which awesome. is, yeah. this is not, I, like we're not saying adopt the hustle culture. Uh, this is just saying, uh, here's a few things you can do that I think you'll still be able to establish boundaries and you'll still be able to have some work-life balance. That's an entire chapter in there on self-leadership and being able to take care of yourself. And we, I mean, we call it like we see it in the sense of if you burn out, hey, employee, I think that's your fault that's right. more than it is your your job's fault. You're not raising and your hand along the way. No. Right. Yeah. And so there's some things. And so, you know, hopefully what, what, will happen with all of this is, uh, Cynthia, I like how you talked about the employee and the employer and that gap that exists mm-hmm. in that relationship. Yes. That is, a, It's always been a tense, weird relationship. It always will be. Uh, there is so much interconnectedness there, and, and we need each other. If we can drive some conversations and just get people talking, then, then that's great. And I think that's what we're encouraging the employee to do is here's some ways to think about your career. Here's some things you can do. And here's some conversations you can have with your team. And what's your response to someone who lacks energy or they struggle with getting it or help, help set yeah. the table for that? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the first E in there is this idea of energy, this positive energy that you bring. And especially coming off of the last two years, um, positivity seems to be a little bit low. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are living in the same world. Yes. a bit. So, I mean, listen, you want to just start to stand out a little bit. Just, just you know, like, don't be pessimistic all the time. And this is coming from somebody who I wake up, I joke around, if, if, if pessimism and optimism are a spectrum and pessimism's a zero on a scale of 10 and optimism's a 10... I wake up every day at about a four, right? So I feel like I have some moral authority here to go, you can choose optimism, you can choose positivity, and um, and you can do it without being fake. And so I, I still remember something that I learned years ago that one of the most important things a team leader brings to their team is their energy. 
And, you know, as David and I were writing those chapters, it was very convicting for us as non-20-something, you know, or 30-something leaders. We're now both in our 40s, and I, I still need that reminder of how I can bring energy uh, to my team and to my engagements and to my clients, that positive energy. It's really attractive right now. Well, it is, and it's funny because when I was watching the video and you were talking about, uh, is it Caitlin? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was literally challenged to think of people that I thought had high energy, like that really brought that to the table. And I think it is more rare. You know, I think we're also in a culture of, you know, some authenticity and that kind of thing. And and so it's kind of like, I've checked that at the door and I've brought in a little bit of Eeyore, you know, sometimes. And it's like, hey, I want to be real and all those things. But but I, I feel like I have lost some of that. And I was trying to think of other people and I was like, who can I think of that really brings a lot of energy to their work? And I, I think it's rare. It yeah, is, and yeah. I think it's not personality based. It's right. not your disc style. It's it goes down to some fundamentals and how we start our day and how we uh, you know set our intentions for the day. That's that we're right. having you know a sense of well being and in a holistic way, mind, body, spirit. Those are all things that I know. When we work with leaders, we coach them on those things. If they're out of balance in those areas, they cannot step in and lead well and they cannot sustain effective leadership. Yeah. And that's ex- and that was the question you originally asked was what what am I seeing like how can we at any age as a leader continue to to bring energy? And I think that's really where it starts. My energy is directly tied to what how I'm taking care of myself most of the time. Sometimes it's also tied to how much media I'm consuming. Um, that can impact my energy a lot. And so those those are two things that I would say I do right now like like today's a good day. Today was a day I got up, I went for a run, went to the gym, got a little sweat, uh, you know, ate a good breakfast, had some coffee. I'm feeling energized right. today. Um, so what? It, it, which is no surprise, right? Like that, I'm not going to sell books with that, and nobody's going to sell books. So it's like, oh, if you get outside and exercise and eat well and get some sleep, you're going to be more energetic. But it's true. So those are just some very right. simple things that we can control that will help our energy. Even going back to your optimism, pessimism scale, even if you can come from a perspective of neutrality, if you can show up more neutral with curiosity and questions and wonder and... I mean, that at least is going to spur on, you know, other conversations and other idea generation. Yeah. The siren call of pessimism is very loud right now, uh, because the thing is about pessimism, and this is, as I've been going around right now talking with my clients or different groups about some of the concepts from this book, the one that really seems to be grabbing attention right now and, and giving people some aha moments is this thought that if you want to look smart in a meeting, be pessimistic. The pessimism always sounds smarter, often sounds very smart because it sounds like you're trying to help someone. Disguised as critical thinking. That's right. It's like, oh, that person knows some secrets or that person has a perspective. And so they're saying tap the brake or they're skeptical and skepticism is super valued right now. And so you can, if you choose pessimism, you will often sound smarter and you will sound like you're trying to help somebody. Which the flip side, if you are optimistic, can sound like you're trying to sell Mm -hmm. and nobody wants to be sold, Mm -hmm. right? Or flatter. That's a great observation there. And so 
so there's a tension there to is. if you're going to bring some some positivity and try to choose optimism in certain ways. Uh, and the and and one of the things that I see here is is not trying to sell your optimism, but just trying to share your reasons for optimism. And I saw a couple of examples of that during the pandemic of two very optimistic leaders that uh, had a profound impact on me. One of them was just in my neighborhood, and then one was at a client. And just watching the way they did it with authenticity, and and I just looked at it and just said that was helpful, right? So they were not adopting the pessimistic sound bites of the world. And they were being authentic in their optimism, and I was attracted to that. I wanted I wanted to be around that leader more, and I wanted to follow them. And there was something very refreshing about. And that. optimism That's doesn't awesome. necessarily mean agreement. It just no. it means a, a a neutral to positive perspective. I know in one of the past episodes we referenced that McKinsey article on pandemic recovery. And they framed bounded optimism, which is reality-based. Here's what I know, I don't know, or here's what hasn't been decided yet, along with a sense of optimism. Yep. And, and that, to me, is a really important balance. Yeah. And, you know, there's articles that I saw this week about toxic positivity. <laughs> and it's just like, man, everything can – yes, of course, everything can go to an extreme. And so um, – and, you know, we know a leader that had some toxic po- positivity and, and the negative impact that that had on the organization. I've seen that. Yeah, that, that's a thing, too. Uh, we're not saying that, right? We're not saying that. So it's not – it's like how can you be based in reality – but just not uh, follow that siren call of negativity. And especially as a team leader, what that does to your team and how that just like Eeyore is the example, right? it is. (laughs) It totally is. Well, one of the things that as I was um, listening and watching that really resonated with me was the motivation piece that you talk about in terms of how that relates to high energy. And I have found that in my own life, and I do feel like I see that with leaders, is they lose motivation when they are unclear about their purpose and their goal. And when they don't, when they're not clear on that, it is ho-hum, I am just out in the pasture driving around. I mean, they are not excited about what they're doing because they don't know where they're going. Yeah. And I mean, I've, and they'll start blaming people, right? It's this job, it's my right. boss, it's all this and, stuff, and, and really it was you. And that's where, too, I was thinking from the, from the actual manager's perspective, your job is to provide that clarity and make sure that they know what their purpose is, how's that tied to the organization, and helping them see, hey, this is what I'm striving for. This is what how it connects to the to the company yep. mission and vision, because otherwise people really lose their motivation, which, I mean, I'm just yeah. thinking about somebody that I would talk to, and I'm like, man, you are down, yeah. down, down, yep. Eeyore. And, but, but it was because he was unclear on where he was going, and I can say that my own life is like, as I, you know, look at purpose and, and mission and vision and things like that, it's like, those things really do need to be tweaked regularly. Because if you look at that, you may look at that and three months later go, you know what, that just doesn't motivate me anymore. anymore. And I got got to uh, revitalize that and think of the things that you know, are coming to me that now I'm excited about. Yeah. And so anyway, that just, just really Just connecting resonated. the dots, just being yes. thoughtful about that and having some friends and mentors in your life that can help you connect those dots. Looking at the things on your to-do list that you like, but even the things that you don't like on your to-do list. It's that old thing in college, right? When we put together, we had our list of homework. What are the classes you you put that homework off or put those projects off? Well, don't major in that, right? right? Like, don't right. major in that in that one. Whatever ones you find yourself motivated towards. Uh, David actually said it. I, I can't remember if it made it into the book. What he, but he basically was like, Adam, every Monday morning, I cannot bring a pep rally every week for my team. And so there's some aspect 
where people have to bring their own pep rally and uh, bring that to the table. And that's easier when you know you found a job that has that's tapping into some of that intrinsic motivation. Well, and that reminds me of the Jim Collins Good to Great, where he says, hey, you can be uh, get, getting the right people on the bus and then getting them in the right seat. That's and you it. may yeah. be the right person just because you're not in the right spot on the bus doesn't mean you're not right for the organization, you know? And so sometimes exploring like, hey, what what else would I rather do? You know, if, if, if what I'm doing is draining 80% of the time. Yeah, I remember a point in my career when I was working at a university and in an administrator role, and it was very, very high pressure. And I had Sunday night denial mm. every Sunday night. I mean, it was nacho movie night. Every Sunday night, it was just like, <laughs> I just cannot face Monday morning and the politics and the bureaucracies. And I, and I love the work and I love the people, but I had just sort of become consumed with this anxiety and pressure. And my energy was just waning. And it was just Monday was such a beating uh, for me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I had to move through that season and I had to pull upon community and, you know, go make sure I went to the gym and did all those kinds of things to get through. Cause we go through tough seasons. We do. Yeah. Yeah. My buddy, Chris Shelton calls them work valleys. I love that. Like we go through work valleys. Now, if you have valleys, valleys carry with it, this idea of maybe a month, maybe two, you know, but if, if this starts to get into weeks and weeks and weeks of a valley. It may not be a valley. It may be time for a harder conversation. That's uh, a great which is good. That's a great point. Is like, yeah, how long is how long is it before you need to start relooking that's at right. what you're doing? Yeah. And probably best not to make that decision in isolation. Get some people to help you uh, to think through that. But uh, but that energy piece is good. And and we were talking before we hit record and I'd love to hear from you too. So um, you know, I talked about if you can have a good day, go to the gym, all that kind of stuff that can help with energy. But what are you all doing? Because uh, we're not 20 something, 30 something leaders anymore. No, and this this also energy and, and really all four of these energy, diligence, growth, endurance, these are ways for you and I to keep our edge as leaders. And so how do you two think about energy? And what are some of the things you're doing right now? I have some simple things that I've, again, coming through and out of a pandemic that I am um kind of recommitted to do and it's really just awareness building it's it's something as simple as paying attention to when my wife you know has shows me some landscaping that she's put in or paying attention to my dog and i mean i just felt like for a long time i was really sleepwalking at mm, times and i yeah. just was unaware and that awareness building along with these other healthy things has created a lot more contentment in my life and it's given me energy i think i'm showing up better in the work that i'm doing um i think i'm uh, I don't want to say happier. I think I'm probably more joyful mm. because, and I'm, when I go to the store, when I have interactions with people in the world, I'm just much, much more focused on them. And I think just going through some hardship over the last couple of years that we've all kind of gone through, I just have a lot of gratitude. And so I'm trying to just bring that into my awareness. That's, that's so good. Awesome. Oh, that's so great. So everybody needs to go get a dog. Yeah. Yes. Get a dog. That's the moral of that story. Puppy, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, there we go. Oh, yeah. Um, I th it's actually funny because now I'm married nine months, and that has been a transition of purpose for me. And, you know, we were kind of talking about that earlier, but I think for me, it was like, wow, what 
what's my purpose now? You know, I've had this purpose my whole single life, and what does this look like? And so I think one of the things that's been really important for me is to spend some time reevaluating that and really looking at, okay, so what are the things that are important? What are the things that I want to be about and move toward? And really reaffirming different goals and and setting those, as you use the word intentions, because I think it's easy uh, to lose motivation when your purpose kind of falls off. And if, if things change, you know, for example, getting married or having kids or getting a dog or whatever yeah, it is, changing when jobs, things yeah, changing change, careers, all that you stuff. really do have to spend that time. And I think, and that goes back to the G and edge is being growth oriented. I'm like, if, if I, when I quit working on growing, I, I lose all motivation. And it's really, to me, that's one of the keys for me to staying high energy. Look at her br- marketing your acronym here, bringing the book. I love it. Well, you know. Sales are already good. <laughs> that is already not f- what I was doing. But. Going uh, up already see, from five, this. Five have come in already, yeah, already right like, now. Sweet. So that's amazing. Watching it. Yeah. I, can go, I can take Jackie out to eat tonight. That's awesome. So, but tell you know. us a little bit about the book, and, and I know it's coming out, yeah. and, and you know what's next here? Yeah, so we've got the book. Um, so you got you know all the different formats that are out there that you want to listen to. So if you like Audible, all that kind of stuff, Kindle, and then hardback, paperback. We've created a series of videos in conjunction as well. So we did this in conjunction with Right Now at Work. Um, so if you are a subscriber to Right Now at Work, you can access these videos as part of your monthly subscription. Otherwise, you can go out to myedgebook.com and you can find some links there on how you can purchase the videos. The videos were really designed to be used as a Cliff Notes version of the book uh, and also designed to be very short that could be used in a team meeting. So maybe you're a team leader right now thinking about this going, let's just watch an outsider talk about energy and then we created a reflection and discussion guide to go with it and you could use that during a team meeting and uh, just to engage, you know, like like we talked about earlier, just driving conversations. Let's start talking about this so that this employee-employer relationship will hopefully, you know, continue to be moving towards a healthy direction. And uh, and I hope that this is an excuse and gives some teams some opportunities to talk. I was just thinking about that in yeah. terms of this would be great for a manager to bring into a team meeting, be like, hey, let's watch this seven minute video yep. and let's talk about it. Yeah. And let's close the gap in right. communication and give clarity about what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, the here. team leaders that have read early versions of the book are just going, You're, you guys are saying things I can't say. Right. So, right. Uh, our bulk orders are coming from team leaders right now of the book because they're they're trying to get it out there for the team, which it's why we put in the subtitle. It's, it's for emerging leaders and those who lead them. Because again, I like that first conversation that I had at Cindy's, uh, there was a team leader that was feeling like I just need some language to use to coach my team on this, not the smarts, Piece, right? Everybody's smart. That emotional commitment piece. What do I mean when I say I want my team to be all in? Uh, and I hope the edge will, will give you I'm some I'm excited to bring that. this into my work, Adam. I, I mean, I know that, that you are going to be uh, available to speak and, and to do some training around these, but also as a coach and a practitioner myself, I'm excited to bring this into my fold of work. So it's, it's so exciting. Super exciting. Love yes. it, guys. Well... Um, we are recording right now in my offices where there is a leak upstairs um, <laughs> and um, on the roof, not, not a part of my office suite. And I, they were so kind, and they said, we're going to stop drilling for 30 minutes. And I'm hearing the drilling okay, start again. Okay. So I think it's is, time. That's our the, cue. The universe is, is telling our us our, it is our cue to stop so right. that 
the people can get their water flowing again uh, so until next time until next time guys this is always great to be together so thanks for your time today well that's all we got for today on the here's what i'm seeing podcast who knows when we're going to get back together again Uh, we like to keep things a little mysterious with all this but uh, in the meantime check out the show notes for links to cynthia's website jeff's website my website uh, where you can buy the book all that kind of stuff Today's episode, like all episodes, was produced and edited by the team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. That's all we got for today. We'll talk to you again next time.